Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In a crystal ball, Frank Chandler and the Regent family see a scene in Egypt. And here a horrible-looking man pronounced the name of Robert Regent, whom they have believed dead for 13 years. Thrilled by the thought that her husband may yet live, Dorothy decides to go in search of him. The present act reveals the Regent and Chandler in a native street in the city of Alexandria. John Du, the magician. Drinking their thick coffee and playing chess. You're a long way from California, Betty. I know. And I can't see how we got here so quick. It seems like yesterday we were sitting in the living room at home, talking about seeing the Egyptian princess in the gazing bowl, and that horrible man she called Rock. And he said something about father. Yes. And then somebody threw a knife through the window at Uncle Frank, and it just missed him. Oh, don't speak of it, Bobby. Can't bear to think of it. Well, I can't figure out why we didn't find him or the police didn't or something. Uncle Frank, how did we get here so soon? Why worry about that, Bob? Who knows what yesterday means? Here we are. And here's a little shop where they serve coffee when you finish buying things. Shall we go in here? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's do. There's a lovely brass bowl I'd like. I want to speak to you alone, Frank. I'll get rid of the children for a minute. Bobby! You go over to that shop with Betty while she buys a pair of slippers. We'll wait here for you. All right. They're gone. What is it, Doc? I want to tell you there's a man been following us ever since we turned into this narrow street. Don't look around, then, or he'll suspect you've told me. Where is he now? Leaning against the doorway of that stall where they're selling cakes. He's dressed in a long white robe and turban. Are you sure he's been following us, Dorothy? Oh, yes, I am. And it frightens me, coming right on top of all those mysterious happenings at home. He's not the man the Egyptian princess called Rockstar, anyway. I'd know him. I saw his horrible face. Well, as soon as we get back to the hotel, I'll try to locate the princess. Is that man still there? Yes, he is. Let's sit down here and order some coffee. And before the children come back, 
I want to tell you what I plan to do. Oh, yes, do tell me. I have such a helpless feeling away over here. And then those robberies that frightened me so hard a little hysterical, I guess. You know, I blame myself for not coming home from India sooner. We might have found the secret room in the house and prevented the theft of Robert's papers. Don't blame yourself, Frank. Remember, if you hadn't spent so many years studying in India, you never would have known that danger threatened us. And not only you, but... What do you mean? Oh, nothing. I mean, well, someday I'll tell you. But now for my plan. If we can find Princess Naji, and I'm sure we can, I'll tell her what we saw in the crystal gazing ball and see if she will tell me who he meant by Robert Regent and who this rock saw is. Oh, that repulsive-looking man. Look, here's the shopkeeper. Coffee for four, Benali. Why, you're not Benali. Oh, no, Sandy. Benali have gone to make his pilgrimage to Mecca. He left me to watch his shop. Yeah, Fendi wishes coffee. Just a minute. Benali left no message for me. No, Fendi. That's strange. Perhaps he thought you'd come later when he is here. Well, perhaps. Anyway, this is my sister, Mrs. Regent, and those two young people coming across the street are her son and daughter. You will protect them as Benali would. Regent? Regent? Yes. Why should that startle you? Oh, oh, Sandy, I am not what you call startle. I, I, it is strange name in Egypt. I go get you some little sweet meat? Yes, go and get them. And later I want to talk to you. As you will, Sandy. I got the slippers, Mother. And you know what? When the man told me the price, I took out my purse to pay him. And all of a sudden, another man that was standing there said something to the shop man. And... I'll say he said something to him. Sounded like he was swearing in Egyptian or whatever language they speak here. And the shopkeeper said he'd made a mistake in the price, and the slippers were only 25 piastres. So I gave the man a dollar and a quarter. Being very smart to think she knew how much 25 piastres was. Never mind that. I turned around to thank the man, and he was gone. Yes, sir. Danny, just like that. Look around, Dorothy. Is the man you saw following us still over there? No. Do you think it was he who spoke to the shopkeeper? Yes. And if he was, he may be someone I should see. Would you be afraid to wait here for a few moments? Of course not, Uncle Frank. You go on and I'll look after Mother and Betty. Yes, go if you think you should, Frank. I'll buy a few things in the shop while we wait. Oh, I'm thrilled to death. Alexandria. You know what it looks like, Mother? What? Like a movie set. I saw one just like it the day I went through the last two studio. The same narrow street, the little open shop. And men in turbans walking around selling bread that looks like pancakes. Don't call them turbans, Betty. They're tarbushes. They're just like Uncle Frank's magic hat. They're all right, Smarty. But it is thrilling, isn't it, Mother? Yes, I think so, too. Look how the windows in the second stories overhang the street. And maybe behind those lattice windows, a beautiful princess is held captive by a big, fat man with a curved sword. Oh, <gasps> Betty. If you must think of fairy tales, for heaven's sake, make them more cheerful. Why, Mother, you're not really nervous, are you, darling? No, of course not, dear. Well, drink your coffee, and then we'll do a little shopping. When's Uncle Frank going to look for the Princess Naji, Mother? Hush, Bobby. I don't think we should speak her name so loudly. Someone might hear it. Uncle Frank's going to find out where she is today if he can. We're going back to the hotel in a few minutes. And wait there while he sees the princess? Oh, don't you hope he finds her right away? I'd love to see a princess. Maybe Uncle Frank would take me to see her. I can hardly wait until he finds her. Just think. She may have news of your father. I guess you think we don't seem much interested in finding father. But of course we are. 
Only I can't remember much about him. And you can hardly remember him at all, can you, Betty? No. Well, I can remember him telling me an exciting story, all about a boy that did a lot of things. When I asked him the name of the boy, he always said his main son was Robert Regent. Oh, good heavens! What's that? Oh, sorry, American lady. <laughs> I have clumsy. I'm, I'm not poor for sure. <laughs> sorry to frighten oh. you. It's all right. Come on, Mother. Let's buy what we want and go back to the hotel. You wanted to see that brass bowl, didn't you? Yes, yes. It will be lovely for those pale yellow tulips at home, won't it? Oh, yes. And let's look at those lovely opals in the little glass case. Yes, you really need an opal. What would you do with it if you had it? Oh, I don't know exactly. But there's something kind of shivery about opals. Let's not get anything shivery today, Betty. Why, Mother? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. Get whatever you like, of course. I must overcome this feeling of menace that seems to hang over us. Oh, here's something I want. Look, Mother, a double-edged knife in a red leather case. See how sharp it is. Oh, and look at the carving or whatever you call it on the handle. And the case is embroidered in gold thread. Well, I must say, Bob, you don't want much. Oh, may I have it, Mother? I won't ask you for another thing all the time we're over here. Well, I suppose you may. Men never seem happy unless they have guns or knives or something destructive. Now, Mother, you know I won't do any damage with it. Isn't it a beauty? Shall I ask how much it is? Mm, yes, if you like. Oh, young Afandi have to finest knife in store. Finale got from young Bedouin, who sell it for love of girls. Oh, how thrilling. Tell us about it. Oh, young Bedouin love poor young girl. He rich young man. But father not know he love poor girl. Father not sent him money to stay in Alexandria, figure. So he sell his saddle, his hunting belt, everything. The poor fish. At last he have only his knife. Finally buy it from him. Maybe he have killed many men, eh? Who knows? Finally oh. keeps a very beautiful rug upstairs. In upper room. You like to come up? Oh, I see. I suppose these rugs are very valuable. Cost much money? Oh, yes, American lady. Take many, many years to make. Some are old. Four hundred, five hundred. Many years. Finally, not keep them down here. Let's go up and see them at least, Mother. Isn't it fun? Like a story. You aren't really afraid, are you, Mother? Well, we're right here on the street. No, of course not. Which way do we go? Ladies, Captain. Walk upstairs, please. I come up after you. Come on, Mother. Goodness, it seems dark up here. After the bright light in the street. Well, Mrs. Regent and the children, they have gone upstairs to see beautiful rock. They say you come too. Oh, very well. Up this way. <laughs> Regent. Regent. And with them come to the magician. Locked in up there. By the sacred will of the prophet, rock saw will reward me well. <laughs> Frank Sandler learns that his sister, Dorothy Regent, abducted in Alexandria, Egypt, by Arabs, has escaped from them and is presumably lost in the native quarter. 
The present act opens in a dimly lighted room far underground. The air is thick with smoke. Seated about the room on the floor are many men in native dress, puffing narguilas. At the far end of the room is a platform on which a group of musicians is seated. Chandu, the magician. up a pinch of that powder in the emerald box, and the next minute, here we are? I can't explain it, Bob. But it seems to me that only a minute ago we were in Yusuf's house trying to find out where Mother was. But what is this sense of time, Bob? No one knows. Sometimes a minute seems like a year, and I've known a year to pass like the shadow of a cloud. Well, do you suppose I could ever learn to do some of the things you do? Gee, it would sure be keen. I don't know. It's not given to every man to know the secrets of the East. You know, Uncle Frank, when you talk like that, you give me the creeps. And Betty said you gave her the creeps, too. You don't mean you're afraid? Why, what is there to fear? Just because I understand some things that are unknown to you. Yes, but I never saw anybody before that could do the things you do. In India, there are many men wiser than I. Wouldn't these fellows sitting around here smoking their pipes pass out if they knew how we got here? Gee, I bet their eyes would pop right out. To them, we are Arabs like themselves. And mind you, Bob, I didn't say we came here by any occult means. You said that. Well, listen. First, we're at home in California, not even thinking about seeing you. Then we get a telegram saying you're coming home from India. That's right, isn't it? Of course. Well, no sooner do you arrive than funny things begin to happen. A Hindu or somebody hangs around the house. And finally breaks into Father's laboratory that hasn't been opened since Father died in 1916. You must admit that Hindu burglars are kind of scarce. Yes, I'll admit that. But remember, I knew he was going to break into the house. Ah, you see, that only goes to show I'm right about it being funny. Because how did you know? You saw it in a crystal gazing ball over in India. I'm not trying to convince you I haven't certain powers that most of your acquaintances don't possess. 
I have. And I studied for ten years in the Far East to acquire them. But don't think everything I do is tinged to the supernatural. I'm not a ghost or anything like that, you know. Well, will you answer me one question? If I can, without revealing secrets I'm sworn to conceal. Well, did you see Father over here in 1916 before he was drowned or well, supposed I... to be drowned? I'd seen him some time before. Why? Because Betty and I figured out that you must know something about those dangerous secret papers that were stolen from our house. Why would you be so excited about getting them back? I suspect something of their content, but I don't know. The things we all saw in the crystal ball in your home in California convinced me I'm on the right track. Well, what do you think it is? Can't you tell me? Gee, I won't tell anybody. No, I can't, Bob. Someday you'll understand it all, I hope. If I fail, but I can't fail. It would be too terrible to contemplate. Okay, I won't ask you again. But you know, if you ever do want to tell me so I can help yes, you... Yes, I know, Bob, and I appreciate it. But especially since you already know something of the length to which these men of rock stars will go. Well, did you think we'd find Mother here? Why, I don't see any women at all. I think we'll find her here. I have good reason to think so. Do you understand what these fellows are saying, Uncle Frank? You won't dare to speak English if you want to ask about Mother, will you? There is a way by which we may understand them. And I think the time has come to put it to the test. If it is successful, you will understand them as though they spoke in English. I want you to understand them. So you will know just what to do. Gee. We may have to fight to get her out of here. Don't worry. I won't mind that. I'd fight the whole place single-handed to get Mother back. You know that. Then listen. Be silent. Listen for the psychic bell. Pay no attention to what I say. But fix your mind on the bell. If I succeed, you will understand the man who is just coming out on the platform. Do you see? I think so. I, I'll do my best. my teacher, far across the sea. I ask for your help. By the hidden secrets of the three times three, I call upon you to help me in this hour. Make clear to me and to my helper the secret language spoken in this place. I hold the emerald casket and its magic powder. Turning up this place will begin. Did you understand what he said, Bob? Yes. Yes, I did. Sounds just like English to me. I thought he said, the selling of the slaves will begin. He did say that. And I am right. The power is mine. Gee, but now what? Wait. I bring before you, Natasha. With skin like milk and eyes like blueberries. Her voice is the voice of the nesting bird. And her hands are the caress of the perfume breeze in the garden. Why, Uncle, what is he doing? He's not selling that girl, is he? Yes, I'm afraid he is. But look at her. She's only a girl. And she's no Arab. Why, he said her skin was like milk, and it is. She's a white girl. Hush, Bob. We've got to get your mother out of here, remember. Make even a little disturbance. And they'd be honest like a lot of hornets. Let's not start a fight until we have to. But, Uncle... Hush. 
Whose will she be? This lovely mother blossom. It's no white child. She's fair as the dawn. And she dances like a pomegranate blossom in the sun. I ask you for an offer. What's the matter? What's the matter? Two. Three. Four. Only four pounds for this lovely daughter of New Yorker. Come, my master. Sit up, sit up. What's the matter? Four pounds. And she shall go to Abdel Bay. Wait, she's no older than Daddy. We can't let him have her, Uncle Frank. Now, Bob, keep out of this. We've got to find your mother. Oh, I know it, but it seems awful. We could... Here you, my master, is another. Also white and older. See her raven hair. See her tiny feet. Her eyes are blue as the garment of ISIS or the bowl of heaven. See her and say how much she will give. Mother, mother, here we are. This way, Bob. Up to the platform. Here we are, Doc. Hold on. Right on the spot. Come on, right through here. Up those stairs, through the archway. Oh, we're nearly there. Wait. Where's Bob? Tell me, Mother. Gee, I couldn't let that fat old man have her. Who? That girl, Natasha. I grabbed her away from him, and here she is. Come on, Natasha. Here comes Abdel, or whatever his name is. Oh, boy, and is he mad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Betty Regent, who had been falsely persuaded to accompany Abdallah on a trip into the desert to look for her father, has been discovered in the oasis at Fayoum and returned to Mena House, the hotel on the edge of the desert from which Frank Chandler is investigating the activities of the mysterious Roxor. The present episode finds the Regent family and Chandler in their suite at Mena House. It is night. Chandu. The magician. So then what, Betty? Well, that's all, except that he told the hotel people that I wasn't to be disturbed for anything and went away. Did you see anyone while you were there except Abdallah and the woman that stayed with you, Betty? No. Her name was Amina. And she stayed right with me every minute, except when she went downstairs for her meals. And the funny thing is that if she hadn't begun to tell me about how she went to America... I wouldn't have suspected a thing about Abdallah. You mean that woman had been to America? Yes. She worked for some dancing teacher that came over here with a lot of students. And when she went back to New York, she took Amina with her. She lived in an apartment house. And what do you think? The Iceman was an Egyptian. Who was he, Betty? His name was Abu. Abu, eh? Yes. And Amina fell in love with him, just like that. So they were married and came back here, and Abu started to raise olives down there in Bayoum. But here's the funny thing. Amina said she was all worried about some mysterious business her husband was in. And that he wouldn't tell her about. And that Abdallah had come to their house. Is everybody in Egypt mixed up in this plot? More people than you'd think, Dorothy. 
Go on, Betty. Well, Amina listened at the door and heard Abdallah tell Abu that I was to be watched carefully and kept in the hotel as long as possible so you and Mother would be too busy looking for me to bother about Roxo. You mean they mentioned Roxo? No, but they said something about papers that would reach their destination while you were busy looking for me. So I just supposed they meant Roxo. Well, you sure got us all in a fine mix-up. Mother was nearly crazy worrying about you. Oh, Mother, I'm so sorry. I was sure I'd find Father and... Now, listen, children. We've talked this all over, and there's nothing to be gained by discussing it again. Betty's sorry she caused us so much worry, and this must end it. I don't want her nagged about it again. Is that clear, Bobby? Yes, Mother. And you must promise me, Betty, you'll never, never do such a thing again, will you? I promise, Mother. Very well. Now, Frank. I'll see who it is, Dorothy. Mother, it's an error. Good evening. Peace be with thee, old Chandu. I may be happy, friend. Enter. From many sources, I have heard of thy power as a magician. Ah. And when I heard thou art indeed in Egypt, I journeyed from the desert to talk with thee. And what is thy name, friend? I am called Amir, and I too am a magician. Would the great Chandu deign to witness my feats of magic? Oh, goody. I've heard of Egyptian magicians. Are you a sandy biner, Ahmed? It is so. And can you really do all those tricks like... Would the young Effendi like to see them? I certainly would. And perhaps the great Chandu will consent to perform some feats of his own. Well, I'll trade a trick or two with you, if you like. Be it so. Now... If the lady will give me her ring, I will begin. My ring? Your emerald that Nazi gave Uncle Frank? Don't do it, Mother. Let him have it, Dorothy. Well, here it is. I take it like this. And I throw it from the open window. Ah. <laughs> it is gone. Oh, Mother. Wait, all of you. Give him a chance to do the trick. But I saw it go flying through the air, right out into the garden. Now. If the lady will take an orange from the bowl on the table... Any orange? Any orange. Here is a knife. Cut the orange open, if thou wilt. Very well. There. Oh, why, there's something hard inside. Look, Betty and Bobby, my ring! My God. Well done, Ahmed. A very clever trick. The praise of Chandu falls upon the ears like rainfall in the thirsty sand. What a line he's got, huh, Betty? <laughs> yes, but I kind of like it. Sounds sort of poetic. Yeah, you would. If Chandu pleases, I will perform the feat of sand designing. Tell our fortune? Oh, yes, do. By all means. Let's see if anything more can happen to us. I wish you could tell me that I would be successful in my search, Ahmed. The sand can only interpret the will of Allah, sister of Chandu. But what are you going to use for sand? Oh, I have brought it. It is here. It would be well to spread the paper upon the floor. Oh, yes, of course. Get that newspaper there, Bobby. Shall I spread it all the way out? Yes, Bob. There you are, Ahmed. It is well. I pour out the sand. So... And now I seat myself on the floor beside it. Who will be first? You, Mother. You're the most important. Yes, Dorothy, you first. What shall I do, Amen? Nothing. 
Only be quiet while I draw in the sand the mystic symbol. So, the crescent of Islam, the rising sun, the blossom of the lotus. The blossom of the lotus? What do you see, Ahmed? I see that thou hast come from far away, from across blue waters and high mountains. Isn't he marvelous? I see a house near the sea. There the sun shines as in Egypt. It is quiet now. It is empty. He must mean our house in Beverly Hill. It is empty for two reasons. First, because those who live in it are far away. Second, because a precious secret has been taken from it. Frank, but this is uncanny. Under the ground in this house is a deep room, guarded by the figure of a god. Dost thou understand this? Indeed I do. But can you tell me whether I am to be successful in finding the one I seek in Egypt? I cannot see it clearly. Sometimes the sand will not give up its secret because the omens are not good. I see thee going into far countries, seeking, seeking. But the end of thy search is concealed from me. Isn't that the limit? Say, you talk as though you believed all that stuff. Well, you heard him describe our house. What about that? Yeah, I know, but maybe he reads Mother's mind. Uh, telepathy or something. All right, if you want to be cynical about it. It's a good line, I suppose. Oh, it is not a line. All you think of is... Children, hush. Is that all you have to tell me, Ahmed? Sister of Chandu, that is all. Do I next, will you, Ahmed? If Chandu pleases. Why, yes, Ahmed. Go ahead. I smooth the sand and make again the mystic symbol, the crescent of Islam, the rising sun, the blossom of the lotus. Why do you add the lotus blossom on it? I think the great Chandu know the answer to his own question. Oh, yes. I'll tell you what, Betty. Let Ahmed tell your fortune, and then I'll have mine told alone. You mean you want us all to go out of the room? Oh, no fair, Uncle Frank. If he tells you anything romantic about the princess, I want to hear it. If he tells me anything romantic, I promise you I'll tell you every word. How's that? I suppose it'll have to do. You mustn't think I'm curious, Uncle Frank. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. Go ahead, Alma. Don't pay any attention to them. Thou art one of the fortunate ones of earth. Thou art cherished by those who love thee well. Thy sky is cloudless. Thy days are fair. Well, that's nice. Not very exciting. But in the days to come, thou must beware. Put not thy trust in those thou knowest not. That's good advice, anyway. Thou art fair in the eyes of one who sought to do thy people harm. Who does he mean? He must mean a dog. What does he mean about you being fair in his eyes? Why, I... He... Do you mean that egg dared to make love to you? Well, once when Amina was out of the room, he did start to tell me he thought I was beautiful and all that. But what of it? I didn't pay any attention to him. I was so angry because he fooled me about finding father. If I ever see that fellow again, I'll make him beautiful with a couple of black eyes. Bobby, you're not very polite to Ahmed, are you? Oh, sorry, Ahmed. 
You know how it is, though, don't you? Thou art wise to guard thy sister, young Afendi. And I have told her all the sun revealed. Well, thank you, Armand. Yes, indeed. Well done, my brother. And now, you want us to leave you, Frank? Do you mind, Doc? Of course not. We'll go down into the garden for a while. I'll have some cool drinks sent up for you. You will take refreshment with my brother, Ahmed. Thou art kind, sister of Chandu. Come, children. How long shall we stay, Frank? Ten minutes will be long enough, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't forget now, Uncle Frank. You promise. <laughs> I won't forget, honey. Now, Ahmed, they're gone. What is it? Thou art wise, old Chandu. Thou knewest when I came that I was of the Brotherhood. I didn't really know, but I never refused entrance to one who may be the bearer of news. And when you drew in the sand the symbol of the lotus, of course I was sure. Tell me the message you bring. In Cairo, Yusuf gave me word to find a messenger who would seek to bring to Raksaw the secret paper stolen from thy sister's house. Well, did you find him? If Raksaw had not been in Egypt, I would have failed. But in Alexandria, I found him. Who? Raksaw? Oh, you mean the messenger. Good. What then? Though he is a Mussulman, I found him drinking wine. I made his acquaintance in a cafe and poured a drug into his glass. When he slept soundly, I called a friend who helped me carry him to a room apart. Well, did you find the papers? Yes, by the grace of Allah. They are here. I took from him every paper on his person. Let me see them. Passport. Letter of introduction. Credentials. It's only a scrap on it. I know. But there was no more. It says, Upon Bolton, without delay. That's all. Can you read English on it? No, no, brother Abelota. But is this all? Are you sure? It is all, Ochandu. They've passed the region's secret to some other messenger. The papers aren't here, after all. A member of Chandler's secret brotherhood comes to Chandler's hotel on the edge of the desert and tells Chandler he has waylaid and searched a messenger who was taking important papers to the sinister rock saw. He brings the papers to Chandler. But to their dismay, the stolen records of Robert Regent are missing. The present act finds Chandler and Princess Nadia in the secret room in the pyramid. Chandu, the magician. How cool it is in here. I sometimes think old Khufu and the rest of them were trying to build burial places where they would at least keep cool after they were dead. Do you still find Egypt uncomfortable after all your years in India? Oh, I'm used to it, of course, but I still don't like the climate. And your sister? Does she like Egypt? Yes, and of course the children are so fascinated by the country itself. But they don't think of the heat. Ah, but you should see California, Nazi. There's the perfect place to live. You sound like one of those tourists who comes to see the pyramids and says, Oh, yes, yes. This country is all right, I suppose, but give me good old Boston. <laughs> Oh, my dear Nazi, no man from Boston ever used such an expression. Perhaps not, but you know what I mean. Well, 
I still say you must come over to California and visit us someday when this business is all over. Dorothy was talking about it last night. You and your sister are very kind, and perhaps we. She must find it very dull with nothing to do but explore this pyramid while you and I discuss this business of ours. I bring her and the children out here from the hotel because I hate to leave them there without me. So many things have happened to us. I know. And she feels that she is helping you by seeing that you have no more worries than necessary. How composed she is. And yet, she must be frantic with anxiety. Yes, I know she is. It's harder to bear this suspense, not knowing whether her husband is dead or alive, than it was to believe him really dead. You have had news for me? Yes. Good or bad? Well, some of each. Last night at the hotel, an Arab sand diviner came to our rooms and said he'd heard of my ability as a magician. Oh. I thought perhaps he might be a messenger from, well, you understand, and I let him in. He did some tricks with magic that were really wonderful. You can imagine how thrilled Betty would be. Mm, I should like to have seen her. Those sand diviners are remarkable. He finally brought out a bag of sand from under his robe and prepared to tell our fortune. That was a clever idea, was it not? Yes, so I thought. First, he drew the designs in the sand, as they always do, but he added a lotus flower. So then, of course, I realized he must have a message for me. And did he? He did indeed. He told Dorothy about her search for Robert, and then went on to speak about papers, stolen from her home across the sea. Oh. When he had finished with her, he read Betty's fortune, and told her to beware of strangers. I hope she was impressed. When I think of her running off to Payum without doubt. She'll never do that again. Dorothy seemed to that. The strange thing was, though, the sand diviner then looked very serious and said to Betty, Thou art fair in the eyes of one who sought to do thy people harm. Did he mean that, Dollar? He must have. Of course, Bob, with his usual tact, at once accused Betty of permitting Abdallah to make love to her. And Betty admitted that Abdallah had told her he loved her, but that she refused to listen to him. I should think so. Of course, Abdallah is used to seeing the young girls of this country married by the time they are Betty's age. What happened then? The sand diviner, his name was Ahmed, by the way, then said he'd like to read the sand for me. So Dorothy and the children went away and left us alone. And so at last for my news. Uh, yes, indeed. Well, when I left Alexandria, I told Yusuf, my agent there, to send a man to intercept the fellow who'd stolen the papers from Dorothy's house. I knew it was time he was landing in Egypt. How did it happen that you arrived so far ahead of him? Have you forgotten the magic powder? Then you did find it possible to transport yourself and your family across the sea by your occult power? I have always wondered about that. I didn't say that, Najee. But you and I both know that many things the world thinks impossible are easy to accomplish when one masters the secrets of the East. You have learned much in India, my friend. Much knowledge is needed to fight the battle that is ahead, Najee. Oh, yes. But if we succeed in defeating Roxor, the first great victory will be ours. And we must learn the truth about Robert Regent before those papers reach Roxor. Let us talk of Robert Regent for a moment, Sandu. I have never understood just what happened at that time 13 years ago. You know, of course, what he was doing over here. Yes, and that is, I know what sort of business he was on. Well, he sailed for home on the steamer Light of Asia. Just after the armistice was signed. Oh. And it sank after the collision near Ponta Delgada? Yes. And your sister assumed her husband was dead since she never heard from him again? No, that's not quite it. 
The steamship company officials wrote Dorothy and said that Robert had been seen on the ship helping other people up to the very last moment. He could have saved himself, but refused to get into a lifeboat. Oh, and that's why it was... How strange do you say that, Nadia? Did your sister ever hear any more of her husband after she had the letter from the steamship company? Why, no. There is something hidden in this plot that I do not understand. Something unwholesome and, and terrifying. What do you mean, Nadia? It's hard for me to explain, but I mean there is something about it that makes me shudder. As if I had lifted a stone and and had come upon a sickening, horrible insect. It's rock salt. Oh, not just his presence or personality. Though he is repulsive, it is something diabolical he has in his mind. Something we do not know yet, but... But something we feel. All of us. Dorothy can hardly bear the mention of Roxaw's name since the night we saw him in the crystal ball talking to you. No, I don't blame her. I... I hesitate to speak of it. Even to you, Chandu. But surely... Do not misunderstand. It is only that I hate to arouse false hope. And even now I cannot be sure where my knowledge begins and my instinct. You mean Robert Regent is alive? Hush. Do not let your sister hear us. I cannot be sure, and it would be cruel. But to... you think he is? You really believe it, not? Yes, Chandu. But... It's not like you to be distressed and anxious. Can't you tell me all about it? We must decide what to tell Dorothy, too, you know. I know. And I have puzzled over it until I no longer think clearly. Suppose, suppose for a moment that Robert Regent had not been drowned when he ship sank but had been saved in some manner unknown to steamship officials. It seems incredible, but it might be so. Suppose, then, that he had been saved because at that last terrible moment he was recognized by Roxor or by some of his men. But then, where has he been all these years? That is just it. Suppose, suppose Roxor had a reason for keeping him prisoner. No, at any reason why Robert Regent should be kept from his family and his work for 13 years? His work, of course. His invention. The secret formula. Yes. That night you saw me in the crystal ball talking to Roxor. He was urging me to betray my government and ally myself with him. When I refused, he pulled off the names of those who had defied him and whom he had spoken. And then you said, but the American still resists you. What did you mean by that, Nazi? I was trying him out. I had a rumor that in some mysterious way, he had made a prisoner of Robert Regent. At first, I thought perhaps your brother-in-law had put himself in Roxor's power, so he might learn Roxor's plan. But then he would have found some way to communicate with his wife. Yes, but I knew nothing of that, you see. When I spoke to Roxor of Robert Regent, I was trying to find out whether he was still in Roxor's power. But Roxor said, yes. He still resists me. So why can't we be sure Robert is alive? Oh, that is what I cannot decide. Would it be that Roxor's mad dream has overbalanced his seeming mind? Perhaps Robert Regent is dead. And Roxor only thinks he is still alive. If this is true, then Roxor is nothing more than a madman. I wonder. Nadia, your mind is playing you tricks. You've been working too hard on this business. You are probably right. And if you are, 
Robert Regent is alive. Let's call Dorothy and tell her, shall we? But, but if I should be mistaken, it would... You don't know, Dorothy Nighty. Years of sorrow have brought her strength. Very well, then. Call her if you like. Dorothy. Dorothy. Come here a moment, will you? What is it, Frank? Do you want the children, too? Not yet. Never mind, Bobby. We'll call you presently. Listen, Dorothy. Najee has something to tell you. Why, how queer you both look. Is it... Is it something about Robert? Yes, it is, Mrs. Ridger. Oh, Chandu, you tell her. It's this. Najee has reason to believe that at the time we saw her in the crystal ball talking to Roxar, Robert was alive. Oh, Frank, is it really true? Is it, Najee? I can hardly believe it. Oh, how wonderful that you should have found him. Where, where is he? That is what we do not know as yet. But let us tell you all we do know, shall we? Oh, yes, do. Oh, I can hardly... Mother! Uncle Frank, let's see what we found. What can they mean? In a few minutes, Betty. No, Mother, come now. All of you, hurry! I'll see what it is, Dorothy. Why, they're not out here in the corridor. Where can they be? Let me see, Chandu. Is that a door across the corridor there? No, it looks like a door, but it is just a way of decorating that wall space. It is only painted. Builders of pyramids often use them. But look, look, Frank, they're in the corner of it. Oh, it's Betty's handkerchief. Oh, it's caught there. They must have found a hidden spring. It must be a real door after all to some undiscovered room. But it's closed, and the children must be inside. Oh, what shall we do? <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.